Good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to Grapevine Ministries. My name is Phil Barker, and today we'll be speaking about the Word of God, covering everything from Genesis to Revelation. And I hope and pray that you enjoy these sermons, and I look forward to hearing from you comments about the messages that we bring forth. Today we're going to be talking about fear versus faith. But before we can do that, we need to understand what they both actually mean. Now, if you look at fear, for instance, it talks about having an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real or imaginary. Now, you notice it talks about the perception because we perceive things the way that they are. But then again, if you look at what faith is, to really understand the, the essence of what I'm trying to get across this morning, is that it says in the Bible in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not yet seen. So you see straight away that the comparison between the two is completely different. So but why do so many people live in fear? I am yet to meet a person who has never felt even the smallest momentary flicker of fear in their life. Everyone has fear of something. It could be spiders, small spaces, even public speaking. Any fear is possible. It's normal to fear and to feel fear from time to time. And sometimes it's pretty useful. You need to find yourself in a situation where, you know, like a fight or flight situation where you get there and you think, is this a good idea for me to be here and and uh, try and test my skills out or whatever? So you decide to actually use the flight alternative. But the problem with fear, though, is that sometimes... It's like a lot of other things in our life, like our past. It always comes back to haunt us. Why? Because we always dwell on it. We always seem to think that it's part and parcel of who we are and what we are. Instead of realizing that the past is the past and the future is the future. But with fear, it has a tendency to unpack its bags. And for a lot of people, it hangs around for a long time. And it has a tendency to dictate what you do and how you do it. The media is, is full of you know, rumours and speculation. And even when they're actually physically giving you the truth, sometimes the way that they project the truth, it gets people to start being in fear. And they do irrational things. Fear has the potential to hold us captive and to stop us living in the fullness of our life that Christ has called us to. Fear came straight after the fall. We know this because it talks about in Genesis that Adam told God that he was afraid because he was naked. Yet the Bible constantly tells us to not be afraid. It's actually mentioned 365 times throughout the Bible. That means that it is telling you not to fear every single day of the year. 
But we don't always take that literally. We look at what's going on. We look at what other people are telling us. We look at what we perceive. And perception is something that is not real. It is what you expect to take place based on the information that you have actually got. I want to take a look at this and I want to actually go into depth about how you can live a life free of fear. It has been a journey that I've been on for a long time and I'm still on it. And I'm going to tell you a story about myself and also one in the Bible. I love the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew is something that uh, captivates me all the time and probably because it's full of, full of all of the, the healings that Jesus did when he was walking on the earth. But I'm going to go to Matthew 8. And this is where Jesus is in the boat with his disciples. And after a day of preaching, he decides that he's tired and he needs to get some rest and he falls asleep at the back of the boat. And a huge storm erupts. And the thing to remember here is that a lot of the disciples that were with Jesus were fishermen. So you'd think that they'd be used to, you know, stormy weather and rough seas and things like that. But this was a little bit different. This sounds like it was a huge storm of great extreme. And they panicked and they woke Jesus up yelling, we're all going to die. And Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? It seems to me a rather ridiculous question based on the circumstances. But I expect Jesus had to roar the question over the sound of the howling wind whilst trying not to fall over from the waves rocking the boat so violently. But he still asked them why they were afraid. To me, their fear seemed completely rational. They were facing death by a shipwreck. But look at who they were in the boat with, the Creator, the one who has authority over the whole earth. He was on the boat with them. You would think to me, but then again, I'm different to a lot of people. But if you got asked to go around to Jamie Oliver's for tea, would you pack your own lunch and take some goodies with you just in case there's a possibility that the meal isn't all that it's meant to be? So have you listened to the rumours or what you've heard about Jamie Oliver and his cooking and you're thinking, oh, mate, it can't possibly be true. He can't possibly be that good a chef, so I better go prepared. We don't need to worry about that. If I had the Creator on board with me, then I would know that I was safe and I had no need to fear anything. Then Jesus immediately tells the waves to be still and tells the wind to shut up. And the disciples are left amazed at what kind of man they were sharing the boat with. By calming the storm, Jesus gives them a glimpse of who he is. The significance of the storm pales in comparison to the significance of who Jesus was. The problem with fear 
as that we focus so much on fear and we lost sight of Jesus and what he has done and the power that he has. This happened in my life and I just want to give you a little glimpse of that. But I refer back to what I was saying about the perception and the understanding of this and who we are and who we are in Christ. You know, Rob Scott, he's a praise and worship leader at Victory Life. He wrote a very, very good song and it's called Believe in the Healer. And there's a section of that where it says, keep your eyes on the healer, not on the healing. And sometimes we focus too much on the fear or the pain or the anguish that we're actually going through and we don't focus on the solution or who can be the solution of that. The media is very, very good at doing this because, you know, bad news sells papers. It gets people to watch. But sometimes fact is mixed up with fiction or it's exasperated a little bit to try and make it seem like it's the end of the world. There have been many occasions throughout history where cataclysmic events have taken place or things that have been world-changing and people have actually looked at that from the totally wrong perspective. But we have overcome these horrendous events and we continually to move forward. So we've got to have a better understanding of who we are in Christ and to be able to actually walk in faith rather than actually looking at you know, who we are and why, why are we so afraid? When I was quite young, I mean, well, basically I'm very young. I just joined the military straight out of school. I was 17. And I wasn't uh, privy to uh, having access to the media and watching the news and doing all the sorts of things that as a, a grown up you do. So as a tradition within our family, I joined the military because my parents had done it, my two older brothers had done it, and now it was my turn. So I joined the army. And then when I was at uh, training camp and we were preparing to you know, do all our training and basic understanding of what we were supposed to be as soldiers, everybody was going around and they were asking these questions and say, oh, what was your number? And when did your number come up? And they're listen, I'm, I'm asking, what number? I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, well, you're conscripted to the military to serve. And I go, no, I'm not. I said, I joined up. And he goes, what? He said, have you got any idea where we're going? And I go, well, join the army, see the world. But I was oblivious to the fact that uh, we were actually in a peacekeeping operation, which was called uh, the Vietnam War. And so we were going to Southeast Asia. And so all of a sudden, I had this perception of what it was going to be like. But whilst I was going through my training, I was being taught everything that I needed to know about how to survive and how to combat the enemy. But it still didn't stop the very first time that I was in a conflict. I was so busy digging a hole and shooting 
my rifle into the jungle, hoping that I was going to scare them more than they were scaring me. And it was just a shock to the system. But I adapted and I overcome, or so I thought. But for many, many years, even as I went through my military career, I'd seen many things and, you know, experienced different things. But deep down inside, it was still there. And when I got out, I suffered from what they call PTSD. And so I was traumatized for many, many years because of what I had experienced and what I'd seen. So that fear kept coming back over and over again. And my anxiety suddenly spiraled out of control. I'd wake up feeling sick with awful pains in my stomach. Leaving the house became a daily battle. I tried even escaping this and went up to the country to out onto an outback station, thinking that if I got away from society, it would go away. But it never did. Trying to claw my way back and gain some control over my life was very, very challenging. And then I had a lovely lady come into my life, who's now been my wife for some 35 years. And she introduced me to God. A God that I knew about and I'd heard about, but never believed that with what I was seeing in the world and what was going on, why he would allow this, this, this God of love would allow such horrible things to take place in the world. But I soon found out that man has free will and man has a tendency to do more harm to himself than anybody else does. So I went along and I actually learnt and got a better understanding of it. At that stage, I still wasn't a Christian. I still wasn't born again. But slowly but surely, I began to see that there was a way out. Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then literally don't be a slave to fear. Yet Christ calls us into freedom through his death and resurrection. And I really wanted to be set free. I did not want to live my life in this way. Living a life in fear has been something that I have had to overcome on many occasions. In the storm, the story about Jesus in the boat, the key momentum for this is not when Jesus calmed the storm or when the storm blew up, but the moment where the disciples go and wake him up. In their hour of need, they turn to the one that they believed could save them. The one that I believe can save you is that very same person. That was exactly what I needed. I hated how anxious I was. And all the time... I was hurting just me and the others around me. Many other things have taken place in this world. We've got the Twin Tower crisis. We've got the SARS virus. We've got ISIS. Now the coronavirus. All of these things are actually causing fear and panic amongst 
people. And we do silly things based on that. We need to understand that there is a way because he is the way, the truth and the life. We need to focus on who we are and who we believe in. Jesus never pushes in. He stays asleep so the disciples had to choose to wake him. Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Jesus isn't one to be pushing his agenda on anybody. He waits, like he waited for the disciples, and he waits for you. After Jesus calmed the storm, the disciples aren't left saying, what a terrible storm. They are left saying, what a man. Creation obeyed him. When we turn to Jesus in the midst of our storms, our focus shifts from staring at the storm to staring at God. If we are looking to him, then we aren't looking at the storm. If we are overwhelmed by his perfect love. Thanks for listening today to Grapevine Ministries with me, Phil Barker. If you enjoy this message, I encourage you to share it with someone and discuss it with a friend. Faith is better in community. You can also join in the conversation in our online community via the link in my bio or email me direct at grapevineministries155 at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to be notified when my next message is released. See you next time.